And that has completely changed over the past couple of years too. I initially was thinking, oh, you know, a portfolio of a hundred single family houses sounds fantastic. And now it sounds really not attractive. So. <laughs> Just a quick reminder, Rod Cleef's boot camp is coming here in Denver on May 17th, 18th, to 19th. I'll be on stage sharing nuggets of wisdom to find out a little bit more information about the event and to get my special discount code. Just hop into the show notes and you'll get that information. I'll see you on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam A. Adam, and he is your guest, Adam Balsinger. How are you, Adam? I'm good, Adam. How are you? Very well, Adam. My phone starts vibrating. I think what we ought to do is continue to call each other by first names the entire episode. I think that will not be confusing at all. All right. Probably not annoying for any of your listeners at all, right? Definitely not. All right, Adam. Adam. (laughs) He's got over 300 real estate doors that's on the passive end and on the active side when you combine them together well over 300 and he's going to look at a 40 unit this afternoon but that's not what we're talking about today we're talking about scaling a business and how he has been able to scale his wholesaling business i know will translate into your fix and flip business into your coaching business into any type of entrepreneur endeavor and in your multifamily. These are the three steps, and you're going to want to listen through to the end to make sure that you're doing them appropriately to scale your business. All right, so Adam, first go here. Way back when you did your absolute first real estate deal, just tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, So the first, yeah, it was probably a little over five years ago, um, and it was a long-distance flip. I'm from Philadelphia originally, and my very first deal was a fix and flip. It was essentially a full reno. Uh, it was about an eighty dollars to $120,000 repair budget, uh, and it was in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. That was my very first deal. Okay, so how much did you make or lose on that deal? So that one wound up being pretty skinny. Uh, I think we made about twelve grand on that one. Twelve grand is skinny. All right, so now that we know that 12 grand is skinny uh, and that you have the process of making sure that you are doing a lot of these deals and with the three steps we're going to talk about, I can't wait to hear how you're doing what you're doing. So what is step one? Sure. So I think my mindset changed around a little bit like a year a year or so ago, I read a cash flow quadrant, Kiyosaki book, and he talked about the difference of being uh, self-employed versus a, uh, a business owner. Um, and I read that book and realized uh, that I was really self-employed. You know, I was doing two wholesale deals a month, like we were making good money, was acquiring some doors here and there, adding them to my portfolio, but I was doing like everything. Um, so I got married in September. My wife and I got married in, in Portugal. We eloped and it was just us and our parents. It was awesome. But, um, you know, we did no deals while I was gone. And the momentum kind of, you know, came to a bit of a halt. So, um, you know, towards the end of last year, kind of the whole second half of last year, I really 
changed my focus on how I can pull myself out of my business and, and do more of just having my business be a servant to me instead of me being a servant to it, right? What I realized, I had tried to hire unsuccessfully in the past. And, you know, we, in hindsight, it was just we really had no processes or no systems. And I think that that's where a lot of small business owners, uh, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, where a lot of people go wrong is everything's up here, right? Like we learn the process kind of slowly and painfully as we grow and we learn and we take our lumps. Um, but a lot of times we're so busy that we don't document it. And I'm totally guilty of that, right? Like I'm like super high level. I don't want to like document anything if I don't have to. So the very first step for, for us in being able to scale and we've gone now, we really, uh, we brought in a lead manager. We just recently hired a disposition manager. Um, and we've gone after really a full month of uh, their results of us being able to see what they've done. We've, we've kind of tripled our, uh, our inventory or the deals that are in our pipeline right now. Um, so the results have definitely been there. Totally different experience from the first few times that we hired. Step one for us was to literally map out the process from start to finish. Um, so from a wholesale side, you know, we're constantly looking for deals and we're constantly looking for buyers. So both sides of the process had to be, I mean, start from scratch. Okay, it starts with marketing. We have to fill the funnel and then you work your way down the funnel, right, until there's a conversion. So you're writing down like literally every single step of the entire process. You know, some of those steps have subsections. Uh, it's, it's tedious. It took... Uh, myself, my partner, and our office manager probably going back and forth, tweaking, adding. It probably took us a combined week, you know, back and forth of tweaking and adding to it. Um, so, so let me interrupt you. As far sure. as mapping it out, which you say is the first thing you need to do is really visualize exactly what your business is going to look like, who's going to do what, how, how it can work, what steps need to happen, what processes might need to be in place to make those happen. You're just mapping it out and it took you an entire week. The question would be, is it worth it to spend a whole week on, on trying to make sure that your business is, can be profitable like this? Is it worth it to spend a whole week on just mapping it out? Uh, it would be worth spending a year mapping it out. Um, you know, the, the, you reap the, the rewards in time once you've mapped it out and you've hired and you've delegated. This is all a process, right? Um, so, but as you're able to remove tasks from your plate, when you're first getting started, you're acting, you're doing everything. Um, so you only have so much time, which is why like, oh my God, a week to map this out seems like such this, like, oh my God, like I don't have a week to do anything, right? I have a week to see my children, uh, let alone a week to map this stuff out, but it's totally worth it. You reap the rewards in free time on the back end as you're able to remove tasks from your plate. Okay. So now that you've mapped it out, what do you do next? So we've literally, we've, we've just mapped out A to B, you know, A to, A to Z in terms of the process. We still haven't started to create jobs or create roles. So the next thing is you really have to kind of compartmentalize different parts of that system. Um, and you want to make sure that you're putting people into tasks that they can be or combining tasks where somebody is able to come in and be successful. Um, you know, 
I'm a student of the less tasks that you give somebody, the more kind of laser focus you can keep someone, the better results that you're going to have. From talking to some other wholesalers out there, we actually have have broken up our sales process essentially into three positions where a lot of other wholesalers have it as, as two. And it was just a way for us to put people in their lanes, let people focus on getting really, really good at one thing. We took that entire list of every single step and every single process, and then we created these jobs. So, you know, there was the chief marketing officer, and then there was the administrator who was doing a lot of the data management and the spreadsheet management and maintaining our CRM and all that fun stuff. Then we have a lead manager, right? So this person is essentially handling the inbound leads. They're qualifying folks. The baton then gets passed off to our acquisition manager, whose job is to go out and uh, negotiate the deals with the sellers. Once we have properties that then we're then looking to sell, that task goes on then to our disposition manager, um, who is really in charge of maintaining relationships with our cash buyers, generating interest in our deals. Um, and then we have a transaction coordinator who manages all of kind of the adult babysitting on the back end with getting situated for closing the liaison between the title and the buyer and the, uh, and the seller and or the seller. Then it's creating those roles, right? And it's identifying the people that should be or identifying the qualities that people should have in those roles. So that's number two, assigning and, and creating those specific jobs. Who's going to do what, right? Yep. How long does that take? Uh, that was probably the easiest part of the process. I have a partner, you know, we each have things that we're good at and things that we like to do and that we don't like to do. And we've been partners for two years. So I basically could have filled, filled his stuff out for him and vice versa. Um, so that was pretty quick. But we've tweaked it also over time. So initially you think, well, the process will make a ton of sense if this person handles, you know, task ABC. But then in practice, it's cumbersome and it doesn't flow correctly. So you have to be able to be a little nimble with this stuff too until you get it really kind of hit the nail on the head and get it mapped out really well. You've got to be able to adjust. Okay. So once you take the time to sit mm -hmm. down and really map it out and visualize your entire company, how it can work, and then number two, you actually build in the roles, you start putting, uh, deciding what things need to happen and who can handle them and who you need to hire. What do you do last to make sure that you have a successful wholesale business? Uh, you've got to put the right butts in the seat, in the right seat, right? Um, and that was really the most challenging part, I think, of the process. We ultimately, we tried hiring on basically any job board that you could name off the top of your head online. I mean, we, we put ads up on Facebook. I mean, we were looking really all over the place. And ultimately, the uh, way that we found our most, uh, our, our most recent hire was actually I met somebody at a Charlotte RIA meeting who introduced me to a friend of theirs in Philadelphia that now is on our team. Um, so it was just kind of constantly, we were always putting ads out looking for the right person, but we were not desperate to just hire anyone. You know, we were really trying to be careful that we were going to bring on the right person, um, somebody that we could provide value to them in their career. They could provide value for us. It was, you know, it really needed to be kind of a good marriage. Um, and so the guy that just got started, he was looking to get into real estate, you know, younger guy. He, I just graduated from college. He was working as a server 
and he was looking for somewhere he could join an existing team and he could have essentially a mentor. Um, so it wound up being a really, really, really good fit for us. Um, and actually his buddy, we just hired, uh, to fill another role. Awesome. Okay. So you are, your business is now systemizing. It's now starting to run itself and give you a little bit more freedom, even though you're doing wholesales. Uh, We're not there yet, but it's closer. It's a lot closer. Yeah. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're two hires away. Nice. Congrats. Actually, that's huge an onboard and one higher away, I should say. Great. Yeah. My question was going to be with you being able to do all that and it's, it's successful and it's making money. Why are you going this afternoon to look at a 40 unit apartment building? Wholesaling is still active income, right? And, um, you know, even when you create a business, at what point does this business become totally passive for me? I don't know. Will it ever, you know, it's probably going to even to the point where we're really cranking and it involves minimal uh, day to day for me, I'm still going to have to be involved. It still requires my attention to some capacity or another. Right. So passive income, you know, the name of the game for me, really the, the, the reason that the wholesaling business exists is it's a way for us to create our own leads that we can then acquire for buy and holds, but it's, it's really all buy and hold for me. And that has completely changed over the past couple of years too. I initially was thinking, Oh, you know, a portfolio of a hundred single family houses sounds fantastic. And now it sounds really not attractive. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, it's the, really the multifamily is, is kind of the next step um, for me and my business is to really, uh, ramp that up and then begin to hopefully uh, implement the same processes and, and kind of tackle it with those same three steps that allow us to scale that to the point where that isn't requiring a ton of my time or effort either. That's Love it. it. Love it. Thank yeah. you for going into all that. We are going to take a break and we'll be right back with the final five. Just came out of one of our events and one of the coolest things is there was hundreds of listeners, hundreds of you <laughs> were there and it was awesome. And we, we, it was so exciting. We learned so much at that event. And I remember asking you, I, I raised my hand. I said, who here flew in to be here? Flew in, not just from Denver. And 80% of the hands went up. And that just makes me so happy just to know that we're building this, this uh, nationwide community. So it was great to have you all. And we have another event coming up on May 17th, 18th, and 19th, where a friend of mine, and he runs a mastermind that I'm, I attend. It's an awesome mastermind. But Rod Cleef, Rod Cleef has a boot camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th, and it's going to be in Denver. And I can't wait to see how many people flew in to see this awesome event. And if you're thinking to yourself for a second here, I'm not sure if I can afford to take time away from my family, take time away from home, take time away from work or, or buy this ticket, buy the plane ticket. I want to say you can't afford not to be there, okay? The networking is insane. The knowledge that you'll get is insane. Being able to take this amount of information and go forward and actually start making a ton of money within multifamily real estate is something you can't afford not to miss. So I have a promo code, which is in the show notes. So just go to the show notes, get your ticket. Flights to Denver are cheap from anywhere. 
And you are going to get so much value by attending Rod Cleese Boot Camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. Right. What is the most creative deal you've ever done? What we've been trying to do a lot more of lately is more no money down deals. Um, so we've been able to develop some relationships with some private lenders um, who loan on some of our like wholesale deals that we do, uh, which is we buy it uh, you know, wholesale price and then we literally just turn around and resell it on the MLS um, without doing anything to it. Um, so I don't know if you would consider that to be creative, but we love those. That's pretty dang awesome. What's a book you recommend? Uh, Cashflow Quadrant. Kiyosaki. Okay. Love that book. It's phenomenal. Where were you five years ago? I, I, I think I remember at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned that's really where you started getting into real estate. So tell me more about your mindset of getting from whatever you were doing and actually doing your first real estate deal. Yeah, man. I, I, um, I started about five years ago full-time um, into real estate. I, I didn't really intend to jump full-time into real estate. I was selling software um, when I was kind of first getting started into real estate. I was working from home. I thought I would be slick and I'd be able to like slyly grow, you know, grow my real estate business while working there. Um, my performance just fell off a cliff and I got fired after like two months. It was just, <laughs> I did not, I was thinking I'd be able to collect a paycheck for a little while longer, but, um, so I was really kind of forced into it. Honestly. Um, I had been an entrepreneur before though. I, I ran a sales business outside of college. Um, so for me, it was just kind of full forced into finding deals and figuring out how to, how to make money in, in, uh, in real estate investing in it. It started out in the fix and flip. Um, field. So I was a fix and flipper. At first. I, I like that. Do you recommend people start with flipping or start with wholesaling? Um, so this is going to sound like a cop out of an answer. I think somebody should start where they're most interested in starting. If somebody's like super gung ho about wholesaling and that gets them into the game and gets them into real estate, start with wholesaling. If you love flipping houses or love the idea of it, that gets you off the couch and into real estate, then do that. But uh, I think that, you know, real estate has been great for my life and it's going to continue to be great for my life and my, my family. So um, any way that somebody can get into it, I would recommend getting into it. Um, that said, I would say that my biggest frustration in flips was dealing with contractors. So if you feel like that's going to be something that you're good at, maybe you go that direction. Um, you know, I prefer the flip because I don't have to deal with contractors and I'm, I'm in and out. So I kind of like the volume game as opposed to doing fewer for larger margins. How do you give back? So um, not enough. Uh, I don't know that any of us ever give back enough, right? But so I, uh, I run a, a multifamily meetup down here in Charlotte. Um, you know, I talk to folks whenever they, they reach out to me. I try to be as accessible as I can. Um, you know, we, um, we're looking to get some, uh, involved in some local kind of Philadelphia um, sort of philanthropic things. But we haven't done anything like that yet. So as of right now, it's just time that I'm, I'm giving back. Awesome. And the, the meetups are excellent. They, there's so much that you can get from a meetup and that you can give from a meetup. It's, it's, it's great. I've, I've enjoyed running ours as well. I know um, you encouraged me months ago to, to start running one. It's just so far so good. I've run it a couple, a couple months now. Um, but you know, it's, I'm only a couple months in, so I'm still trying to still try to feel, feel my way through it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Well, keep it up, keep it up. It's it's all about branding and and putting yourself out there and helping other people and making connections and partnering with other people and uh, and raising equity for your deals. So a lot of things can happen by having one. How do people find you? What's the best way that they can find you, reach you, get a hold of you? But one way, not ten. <laughs> So I would say the easiest way to, would just be to hit me up on Facebook. Um, Adam Balsinger, it's B as in boy, A-L as in Larry Singer, S-I-N-G-E-R. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you've been considering getting started in a multifamily, I'm in a mastermind with my friend Rod Cleef, and he's coming here to Denver on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. These boot camps are great because Rod covers everything about multifamily in three full days. It's also great for experienced multifamily investors because the panel discussions Rod does has top level investors from our mastermind group. You can go to rodsbootcamp.com and use promo code Adam Adams to get 25% off.